Uh, you just you, you never know on a midweek meeting. You, you you know you come in from work, you're tired, about ready to fall asleep. Somebody, I'm not the only one. Everybody all right tonight? Uh, you know, ain't no telling what you've been dealing with this week. And uh, many times, not not all the time, but many times, you know, you just kind of let's let's go ahead, let's let's do our religious thing and get back to the house, and we'll look forward to Sunday. But uh, there's many times that the Lord's got something in store, even on a Wednesday night meeting. And uh, you may have come here tonight and only asking for the Lord just to bless the service, but uh, I tell you, I- I've already got more than I asked for tonight. Uh, and uh, I'm thankful uh, for the Holy Ghost, and I'm, I'm thankful for what Jesus did when He stepped in my own life. And uh, when he stepped in your life. And he's made all the difference, hadn't he, church? And I praise the Lord for that. Real quickly tonight, let's go to the book of Exodus, chapter 34. And I don't believe that the Lord's through. And like I said, I, I, will, I will promise that uh, I'll shorten the message just a little bit tonight. Alright? And, and we'll, we'll see what the Lord has. But Exodus, chapter 34... And I've been wanting to preach this for some time now. And just every time I feel like this is the one that I need to go with, the Lord moves me in a different direction. But tonight, this is where where He has us. And so, Exodus chapter number 34, we'll read the first eight verses and then drop down to to verses 27 through 29. The Bible says, Exodus 34, chapter number 1, And the Lord said unto Moses, Hew thee two tables of stone like unto the first, and I will write upon these tables the words that were in the first tables which thou breakest. That looks like grace to me, doesn't it, you church? A second chance, amen. And be ready in the morning, and come up in the morning unto Mount Sinai, and present thyself there to me, in the top of the mount. And no man shall come up with thee, neither let any man be seen throughout all the mount, neither let the flocks nor herds feed before that mount. And he hewed two tables of stone like unto the first, and Moses rose up early in the morning and went up unto Mount Sinai as the Lord had commanded him, and took in his hand the two tables of stone. And the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, and that will by no means clear the guilty." Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children unto the third and to the fourth generation. And Moses made haste and bowed his head toward the earth and worshipped. I want you to drop down to verse number 27, if you will. And the Lord said unto Moses, Write thou these words, for after the tenor of these words I have made a covenant with thee, And with Israel. Notice this. And he was there with the Lord forty days and forty nights. He did neither eat bread nor drink water. 
And he wrote upon the tables the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. That sounds a whole lot different than when the chapter started there in Exodus chapter 34. As far as Moses' point of view, Moses' attitude, his temperament, doesn't it? So what we find there in chapter number 34, as we come to verse number 1... Uh, we find Moses, he goes up Mount Sinai one, day, one way. Maybe he's discouraged, depressed, anxious. He's fearful as he's continuing to lead the children of Israel. But he goes up one way and then we find by the end of it, he comes down another. And I want to preach to you about that thought. Going up one way... And coming down another. When you think about Moses' life and the highlights of his life, this in here that we find in chapter number 34 isn't necessarily a mountaintop event in the life of Moses. But when you think about the life of Moses and you think about how God used him providentially and how God used him as he spoke to him through the burning bush and as he was delivered out of Egypt and drawn out of the land of Midian, and as God used Moses to deliver the children of Israel out of the hand of the Egyptians. And you remember as they came to the Red Sea, and the Lord used him to part that Red Sea, and for the children of Israel to walk across on dry ground. You remember as the children of Israel were wandering through the wilderness, you remember uh, the Lord used Moses in many different ways. And uh, when you think about the life of Moses, you don't necessarily picture Exodus 34 here in this passage of Scripture. But I want to submit to you tonight that if we don't have the events that took place in the life of Moses here in Exodus chapter 34... I don't believe we would have any Ten Commandments. Uh, I, I don't believe we would even have the, the Ten Commandments. And, uh, and so this is a very important event in the life of Moses and in the life of God's people. What's taking place by now as we come to chapter number 34 is we find the children of Israel, they are in the wilderness. We find that the, the tabernacle is being formed and uh, even at the end of chapter 34, the Ten Commandments have been given. We, we remember before chapter 34, God's people and uh, Moses' brother Aaron made that golden calf, you remember, to worship and to idolize in which the Lord as well as Moses became very, very angry at. And then the Lord tells Moses as we come here to chapter 34 to... Go up to Mount Sinai. I've got something I want to tell you. I've got something that I want to show you. And no no doubt as you're thinking about the life of Moses, and as you're thinking about his temperament here, uh, by way of context of what is taking place with the children of Israel and in Moses' life, no doubt there are some obvious thoughts that are probably going through Moses' head, if you will. And through his mind and even in his heart. Moses, no doubt, is probably thinking, Lord, I didn't sign up for this. Lord, this, this journey that you're, you've got me on, it, it's, it's, it's harder than I anticipated. Uh, 
this wilderness that you have us wandering through it. I didn't think we'd be here this long. The wilderness is long. Lord, and if that's not enough, you, you, you put me in charge of leading a group of people who are very, very stubborn. They won't listen. They don't even want to worship you. They want to make images and golden calves to worship. Even when he begins to think about his own self, and you see this in chapter 32, Moses begins to think, you know, I, I'm not what I ought to be as a Christian. I'm not what I should be as a leader of the children of Israel. Surely Moses is going up Mount Sinai angry and anxious and depressed and no doubt fearful of what the future might hold. Stressed out beyond measure with God's people and their wickedness and their stubbornness. I believe Moses was going up that mountain discouraged, no doubt. He was going up that mountain angry and frustrated. But thank God that he comes down that mountain encouraged. Thank the Lord that he gets alone with God and some things begin to take place. Business picks up once he gets alone with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords atop that mountain. He goes up discouraged and angry and frustrated, but I believe he comes down encouraged. I believe he comes down that mountain comforted and rejoicing and ready to serve God another day, ready to sing a new song, ready to praise the Lord one more time as he gets alone with the Lord. I want to say this to you tonight, church. Maybe you've come in here to Gateway Baptist Church on a Wednesday night discouraged. Maybe you've come in here tonight and you haven't received good news from the doctor. Maybe you've come in here tonight and the last you check your bank account, it's, it's not a good balance. Maybe you've come in here tonight frustrated with whatever's taking place in your life. Maybe you've come in here tonight fearful about what the future might hold and you, you don't really know where to turn or what to do or who to call. But I, I, I pray tonight that you might have come in here one way, but if we can get along with God and, and, and be able to rejoice about the things of God, get our eyes off of the world, and get our eyes off of ourself, and start looking at the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, get along with God here in this place tonight, and begin to, to think about His mercies are new every morning of our life, Begin to think about how good He's been to each and every one of us. Begin to think about how Jesus did step in your life and lift you up and save you from a devil's hell. Uh, think about how He transformed you and made you a new creature and, uh, and put away your drug addiction. Uh, he ridded you away from those dirty, rotten friends that you didn't need anyhow. Uh, he put your feet on a solid rock. Think about those things. And maybe we can come in here tonight one way, but I pray by the end of it we can leave a different way. We can come in here tonight discouraged and frustrated, but we go out 
this church house tonight singing a new song. Having something new to live about and having something different to praise the Lord for. I pray by the end of it, real quickly tonight, we can be a changed people. And so, you begin to think about Moses and what was it that did change him? And what was it that did change his mindset? What was it that happened to Moses on the top of that mountain that caused such a radical change in his life and in his ministry? I believe, number one, he had to get honest with God. He had to get honest with God. I want to draw your attention to verse number two real quickly. I've got to hurry tonight. And be ready in the morning and come up in the morning unto Mount Sinai and present thyself there to me in the top of the mount. And if you underline things in your Bible, I would encourage you to underline that those two words, present thyself. I became very interested in those two words, present thyself and... What exactly does that mean? And uh, what was it exactly that God was requesting to Moses to do uh, on the top of that mountain? And He tells him to present thyself. And what that simply means is to be exposed in all levels. He said, Moses, I want you to, I want you to present yourself to me. I want you to pull back the curtain on some things. In other words, I want you to be real with me up here. It's just me and you. Look, you're dealing with some things. You're discouraged, I can tell. I I, I want you to be real with me up here. It's just you and me. And and, and what that phrase means, I I came to understand that uh, in the Hebrew culture, that phrase, present thyself, it had three connotations, three different meanings. And I'll give them to you real quickly tonight. One, uh, the first meaning of presenting thyself in the Hebrew culture was when a soldier would present himself to his CO, his commanding officer. And, uh, and, and he, would co- co- uh, he would present himself to his leader, his commanding officer for evaluation. The PT test is over, right? Soldiers. Uh, look, hey, soldier, uh, commanding officer, I, I'm ready to take the next step. I'm presenting myself to you. you. You have my facts. You have my history. You have what I've done. I'm presenting myself to you. The second connotation was when a bride would present herself to the groom to make sure there was nothing between them before they would become married and, and and she would present herself to the groom to make sure nothing was between them. But I'm I'm particularly interested, and it caught my attention on this third connotation. It is it, 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 presenting thyself. It was when the sick would present themselves to the doctor of the day, so that the doctor could get real with them about their condition, about what was really bothering them in their physical state, what was really wrong with them. And, and, and this is when the sick would present themselves to that doctor. So they needed to be real with the doctor so the doctor could get real with them about what was going on 
in their life with their health. How's that relate to you and I tonight? You know, you know, if, if there's going to be a change in us tonight, church, if, if we're going to come in here one way and leave out change, leave out uh, encouraged and leave out uh, praising the Lord, we need to get honest with God tonight. We need to get real with God. Uh, we need to get real with the Lord and tell Him what's really wrong, what's really bothering us. Because I don't know if you've noticed as you scroll social media, but there's some real fakeness going on. Everybody okay? There's some real... Hey, this, this, this is a fake world we're living in. Uh, look, the people that you see that everything's hunky-dory and you don't ever see anything wrong... Uh, that's fake. I can tell you that right now. Uh, but, but I pray that you and I can be spiritually mature enough tonight to draw back the curtain on our life. And I'm not talking about amongst peers. I'm talking about getting alone with God. He knows anyway, doesn't He? And drawing back the curtain and saying, Lord, I'm getting real with you. I, I, I'm frustrated. I'm tired. I'm done. I'm about ready to throw in the towel. I'm about ready to quit. And honestly, Lord, I I, I need Your help. I need Your touch. You know what? I I have come to find this out, and I'm not very old, but those moments where I've swallowed my pride and I can say, Hey, Lord, I I need You. Uh, I've gotten real with Him, and guess what? He's gotten real with me. We need to get honest with God tonight, church. It's time to get real with the Lord. We need to take some things to the Lord. Last year, you, you remember as we were... And I've got to hurry. Good night. Uh, last year, you remember as we were moving here and moving our stuff from, uh, from Cleveland, Tennessee. And you remember uh, the last load that I had, I, I was uh, a, a semi hit me and, and busted the trailer up. Austin, amen. It was Austin's trailer, all right? Uh, we need to take up a love offering, don't we still? Amen. But uh, uh, I, I was coming back from, from Cleveland with the last load, with a trailer load, and uh semi hit me, and uh, all of our stuff was just all over I-75 there, damaged, tore up. I put as much as I could in the back of my beat-up truck because it was tore tore up pretty good, but... That F-250 got up in that ditch, put it in four-wheel drive, it pulled right out of there. I, I, I tell you, it, it, <laughs> it, did, it did good, but uh, I, I, you know, I was, I was uh, limping back home with it loaded with what I could scrap up from the trailer. But, you know, the, we lost a lot of stuff. And thank God for the church. Y'all, y'all I'm telling you, I, I don't know if I've thanked y'all enough or taken time to do that, but... Uh, it's most of you, a lot of you, you know, helped us with some things, and uh, I thank you for that. But uh, you know, here I am, and 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 we've lost a lot. We're trying to move into our home uh, up here, and uh, trying to get things settled here and there, and and close out on on things, and closing, and all this, and all in the middle of it, we lose a lot of our stuff. And boy, I, I, I got home, and I just. I, I I had to I had to accept some things. It was in one of those moments where you know you just you just look all around you and it's like Lord I, hey I'm trying to serve you. 
I'm trying to do the best I can. Why in the world are you, are you doing this? I, I'm, I'm trying to do a good thing, I thought. And, and here I am, I, you know, I, I can't even get moved in. What in the world is going on? And, you know, church, you men and, and myself, hey, we don't ask for help, do we? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Hey, we'll, it'll be two refrigerators we're trying to move in. We ain't going to ask you for help. We're going to do it ourselves, ain't we, Brother, Brother Rick? Huh? We gonna, no, he called me the other day to help him, so he's all right. Uh, I, I don't know about y'all, I, but I don't like to ask for help. If, if I can look it up on YouTube and figure it out, I'll pull a motor out, and I don't have any business doing it, Brother Austin. And uh, look, but I ain't going <laughs> to ask for help. Uh, but but there are some times in our life where even though we think we can handle it, even though we think we got it all figured out, even though we, we don't want to ask for help and don't think we need help, there are some times when we got to swallow our pride and get real with God. Get real honest with the Lord and say, Lord, I can't make it without you. Lord, I can't do this Christian thing without you. Lord, I can't pay this mortgage without you. Lord, I can't fight this cancer without you. Uh, Lord, I can't be a husband without you. Lord, I can't be a good father without you. I need you, Lord, but we got to get honest with him. And he'll get honest with us. Moses, he had to get honest with God if there was going to be a radical change in his life. And you know what we come to find out in this passage of Scripture, if we would tell the Lord our problems, praise the Lord, He'll encourage us by telling us His attributes. Look at what it says in verse 6, And the Lord passed by before Him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful, gracious, long-suffering, abundant in goodness and truth. Lord, I can't do this thing without You. Here's some grace. Lord, I, I, can't, I can't do this without you. Hey, I'm long-suffering. Lord, I can't do this without you. Hey, I'm omnipotent. Lord, I can't go this way without you. Hey, I'm not omnipresent. If we, if we get real honest with God, I believe He'll encourage us by telling us His attributes, just like He did with Moses here in this passage of Scripture. Not only did Moses have to get honest with God, but he got humble with God. Look at verse number 8. And Moses made haste and bowed his head toward the earth and worshipped. He got humble with God. When you begin to think about the life of Moses, going back to his upbringing and, and, and how the Lord used Moses, you, you, you come to find out even at the beginning of Moses' life, the Lord was drawing him out. He drew him out of that river. Remember when... Uh, he, he was drawn out of the river by Pharaoh's daughter and, and raised there in Egypt. You remember he was, he was drawn out of Egypt and, and, and sent to the land of Midian. And then, and then he was drawn out of Midian there at that burning bush and God told him, this is what I have for you. He was drawn out of the Nile River. He was drawn out of Egypt. He was drawn out of the land of Midian. But you know what I believe is taking place here at the top of Mount Sinai? Uh, I believe God was drawing Moses out of Moses is what was taking place. 
Moses was himself was being drawn out of himself. And it was no longer about what's wrong with Moses, me, 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 but it became all about what's right with God. Moses was, was having to accept some things. He was having to humble himself before God. And uh, we find there in verse number 8 that he bowed his head toward the earth and worshipped. And I, I, look, church, I, I believe it's time for you and I to get humble before the Lord. Boy, we live in a selfish generation, don't we? What, what, what am I going to do? What... Uh, what am I? What, what what am I going to fill my time with? Me, 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 right? And, and hey, I'm preaching to myself tonight. Uh, wh- uh, wh- how does this affect me? Not how does this affect my family, but how does this affect me? Uh, it's time for you and I to get ourselves out of something and putting the Lord in. I want to ask you this tonight: Is there room for God in your life? Or have you filled your time, have you filled your life with things that are all pointing back to yourself? Is there room for God in your life? We've got to stop feeling sorry for ourselves and start counting our blessings from the Lord. We need to get humble before God. Didn't, didn't, doesn't our Bible say if we're going to see revival, if there's going to be change in this nation, that's one of the things and one of the ingredients to revival is to humble ourselves. Is it not? And I believe it's high time that we humble ourselves before God if there's going to be any sort of change. If we're going to come in here one way and leave out different, I believe we've got to get honest with the Lord and we've got to get humble before God. Lastly tonight, and I'll be through, number three, he got hungry for God. Go, go over to, to verse number 27. I read it a moment ago, but verse 27 I love this, and I'll I'll be through. Verse 27 of chapter 34, And the Lord said unto Moses, Write thou these words, for after the tenor of these words I have made a covenant with thee and with Israel. And he was there with the Lord forty days and forty nights. He did neither eat bread nor drink water. Now, look, I don't know about y'all, but... I ain't going 40 days and 40 nights without eating. Everybody, y'all, does anybody agree with me? Uh, I mean, and if I do go 40 days and 40 nights without eating or drinking, I'm going to fall dead on my face. I'm going to die. If if it's physically possible, it ain't physically possible for me. Okay? Uh, 40 days and 40 nights, we find Moses... He neither ate bread nor drank water. Well, how in the world was he up there on that mountain for so long and he didn't eat bread or drink water for that amount of time? What was he feasting on? What was he drinking on? I believe he's drinking of that living water. I believe he's drinking of that fountain. I believe he was eating and feasting on the very riches of God. He, 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 he was able to come to a place where he humbled himself and he got honest and got real with God. And he was no longer thinking about himself and thinking about the negativity of what his life had become and what the children of Israel were dealing with. But 
He was feasting on all that was good about God. All the riches of the Lord eternal. And, and he was feasting on those eternal things as opposed to those temporal things. How, how, how did Moses survive 40 days and 40 nights without eating or drinking? There wasn't any bread or any water on the top of Mount Sinai, but Jesus, I believe, He had Him a table spread of living water and real manna from heaven up there on that mountain. Moses had him some filling time. He was feasting on the riches of God. Church, we need to get hungry again for the Lord. I I, I believe that we have lost our appetite for the things of God. And it's very evident. I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about the church. It's very evident many places that you go and stories that you hear about that God's people have lost our appetite for the things of God. Somebody gets up and sings like they just did and bless me if you can. Everybody all right? That don't affect me one bit. That, that, that's our mindset many times and I'm with you. I, I come to church sometimes and pastor will bring an awesome message, fiery, everything, expository, you name it. And, and I'll leave indifferent, unchanged. We've lost our appetite for the things of God. It's, uh, you, you remember when you first got saved and how everything was so real and so new. You could not wait to tell somebody about what had taken place in your life. What was it? You were hungry for God. You, you, were, you, you, you couldn't wait to get to church the next time. And all along the way, we, we, we begin to become callous. And life happens. Things happen in our life. And before we know it, we're no longer looking unto Jesus. But we've taken our eyes off of Him and put our eyes on the things that we're dealing with. We're in the storm and we're no longer looking for that hand that lifted us up out of the storm in the first place. But we're, we're trying to uh, finagle uh, how we can get ourselves out of it instead of resting in Him and what He's done. We lost our appetite for the things of God. And I believe if we're going to be a changed people tonight here in 2023 at Gateway Baptist Church, we've got to get hungry again. We've got to get hungry again for the things of God. We find Moses, he, he went up Mount Sinai. I believe he was discouraged. He was depressed. He was ready to throw in the towel. He was ready to give it up. But there were some things that took place up there on that mountain as he got alone with God. Found himself a place up there to tabernacle with the Lord. And I I believe he found some things in the Lord that helped him come down that mountain with a glow on his face. What's that mean? Everybody knew that he'd been with the Lord. Everybody knew that he'd been changed. Everybody knew that, that, hey, something took place up there on that mountain with Moses and God that I, I, I want a part of. It was infectious. The Bible even tells us that his face shone like a light. It was a, it was a glow about Moses' face as he came down that mountain. Moses went up that mountain one way, but he came down another 
And Miss Michelle, we're we're done with them. we're done with the message tonight. You can go ahead and make your way up by way of invitation. And so we're we're gonna we're gonna begin the invitation like this. I I want to encourage you as Miss Michelle begins to play the piano for invitation. Maybe we'll put it like this: You come down to this altar one way, and you go back to your seat another. And so as Miss Michelle begins to play, if the Lord's spoken to your heart tonight, let's all stand to our feet. This altar's open. Need to get honest with the Lord tonight. Need to accept some things. Tell the Lord.